A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our show today and every day. Every day you hear it. You love it. You can't get enough. Or even if you only listen to it today, I'm still going to thank you every day. Thank you for listening to our show. Every day I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Carry that thank you around with you. Um, Hashtag gratitude. I like Lisa's gestures for that were like parentheticals. <laughs> I, I grabbed my breasts. Uh, this is our last episode before Halloween, first of all. First and, of all, yes. And also before the election. Oh my goodness. That's <laughs> wild. I hadn't thought about that until you just brought it up. Yeah. It's, it's our last one. The next time we record, things will. I, be the same. There are two. There are two <laughs> options for my mood <laughs> the next time we record. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'll be in a cranky mood regardless, but it'll be altered somewhat. You don't um, think you'll be happy if Biden wins the election? I'll be relieved, but yeah, um, you know, there's just a little so much shit going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's not like I think that solves every problem, and it's not like I think. That that means we don't have more work to do and more stress to feel and more like more things to do. But I have to think that if Biden wins the election, I'm going to feel really good for a while. I'll feel better. Yeah, it'll be like and I'm saying I'm saying that as someone who I think uh, I've been very hard on him, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Not lately, but uh, in general. <laughs> like, I never thought I would be excited about it. <laughs> no, but I have to be excited about, I don't know, even just like the fantasy football of it, like the who he's going to put in his cabinet and who's, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of shit. Um, yeah, it makes a difference. Who's uh, yeah. who's president? It does make a difference, I think. It makes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I was thinking about that today, like walking down the street wearing a mask. Being like, yeah, it matters who's president. <laughs> it matters. I was just thinking how weird it is that, like, our our TV, our internet, our mail, you know, all of that is not flooded with government PSAs about coronavirus safety precautions. Like, I, yeah. I don't think I've seen much of anything aside from the news that I've personally sought out. And I just, like, I'm just imagining, like, what if Fox aired, like, 60-second explainers about how masks work? Like, they never would, but I just... Yeah, and, and, and it should not be political. It no, should not have been a political be. issue. And like some people would definitely be like, "Oh, Big Brother is telling me what to do." But like it would it would save lives if that information was put out in any organized way whatsoever. And it's just not. Yes, like and it's just not happening. And it's for... not that hard to do that if you're the government. Like that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, the job of government is to solve big problems that we can't solve individually. Yeah, um, and all of and- our leaders are like going back and forth over like what's effective and what isn't. And so like everyone's trust in that information has just completely like degraded. It's it's, it's dissolved. Yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> okay. Yes. You all know we think this way. <laughs> you, you know <laughs> we think this way. This isn't news to any of you. We actually, um, um, we got an email about that, about like thanking us for will- be, being willing to talk oh, about yeah. Like, I appreciated that email so very much. Someone emailed us to say thank you for continuing to talk about being safe and wearing masks and not loosening up. Yeah. The U.S. set a record yesterday for most new cases of coronavirus. Like, we can't... It's not over just because you're bored. Masks work. (laughs) It's crazy. Masks work. They really do work. Yeah. Um, Please keep being safe. I just ordered some new masks. Ooh, from where? Um, Bagu... I don't know if that's a good place to get them from. I got some from Bagu, and they were my least favorite masks. But really, they well, did you get the ear loop ones or the ones that tie? The ear loop ones. Okay, those might be better. The ones that tie, I hated them. They were complicated, uncomfortable, and they shrank oh. when I washed them. Um, did were, you put them in the dryer? I might have. That was yeah. my mistake. But my other masks, I, I'm able to. I had to. I got some ear loop ones instead of tie ones because I only had been using tie ones, and I realized like, oh, I'm just gonna have to have my hair up every single time. I don't want to do that. Anyway, I, I hate the tie ones. Um, yeah, they're yeah. very aesthetically pleasing. So I hope that those work for you. Yeah, so far so good. The, I could I could use a strong. I would I would like them better if the nose wire was stronger. Mm. But um. It's also Halloween next week, and this is absolutely the latest in my life I have ever gone without planning a Halloween costume. Oh, do you have no plans? I have no plans, and I need to figure one out because we're doing Halloween over trivia (laughs) over Zoom. That's great. We're going to do a Halloween trivia Zoom next Thursday, and so I need to have something. And I was like, Peter, maybe we can just wear each other's clothes and dress up as each other. That's like honestly a great idea, and I think that'll <laughs> suffice for for online trivia. Um, Peter wants to be David Foster Waldo. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> so like a bandana and then a red and white striped sweater and a copy of Infinite Jest, but he doesn't have the sweater, so I just don't think it's going to come together for him. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit! I mean, it's a great idea, but also yuck. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's gonna it's a bummer for sure. <laughs> Waldo, very problematic. <laughs> um, I yeah. have like a, a roller skating night where I think we're all gonna roller skate in costumes. That's okay. what I'm gonna do. So I think I'm just gonna put on this cheap ass parrot costume I bought years ago and just roller oh, yeah. skate in that. We've talked about your parrot costume and I and my love for it. We've talked about it. Yes. That it's from an actual dream I had, the best dream I've ever had in my entire life. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) I'll never forget about that. Um, I'm sorry. Now you guys just have to, I'm not going to recap it for you. You have to listen to every episode of our podcast to find out what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I need to figure out some costume I can do from... uh, from just my clothes. I have so much tie-dye right now, I could just put on as much of it as possible and call myself the god of tie-dye. <laughs> well, that's another great idea. I have so much tie-dye as well, and I'm not sick yeah. of it. 
<laughs> the other day I was wearing like tie-dye shorts and a tie-dye shirt and Peter was like, got enough tie-dye on? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> Not yet. I need more. More. <laughs> I really want those like tie-dye Crocs. Um, <gasps> oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yes, I want those also. They're so beautiful and they have like shearling inside. They look so cozy and I keep sending them to Adam to troll him because he's like so horrified by them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Peter would be so mad if I bought those. <laughs> I saw someone wearing them in Silver Lake the other day and I like slowed down as I drove past like, oh. <laughs> they are so ugly. They're to like cat call them. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Nice feet. <laughs> You gonna put some some charms in those holes or whatever? You wanna those... you wanna stomp on me with those? <laughs> Step on my face. Yeah, they're so ugly and so cute. Um, yeah. Send me your Halloween costume ideas. I might steal them. Um, babygeniusespodcast at gmail Why not? Uh, what else is going on? Can I say um, another election thing? Yes. Uh, a, a shout out to any California voters. Please vote no on Prop 22. No on 22. It's disgusting. I know it's, 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 those props are really confusing, but like Uber and Lyft have been putting millions and millions and millions of dollars into advertising and thinking they could just buy this vote and fuck them. They just don't want to pay their employees and they don't want to give them benefits and that's fucked. And the precedent that would be set would be terrible for labor rights in the state. And the country. And the country. Other states would probably start to do the same. Um, yeah. And they're they're trying to lie and say, like, oh, the prices are going to go up by, like, 50% if you vote yes on this. Or, you know, if you don't – I mean, if you vote no on this. Uh, so and It's like they're not going to raise prices that much if, if it means that people won't use the service. So – This is just classic. Like, Uber constantly does this where they're like, well, if we have to – be good, then we're going to pull out of this city and not have any Ubers here at all. So what do you think about that? And and they're yeah. always bluffing. So just don't listen to a goddamn thing they say. It's a bluff. Um, yeah. They, no. they don't have to do that. No on 22. No on 22. Thank uh, you. Thank you. And if you're in LA District 4, vote for Nithya Raman for city council. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and vote for George Gascon for DA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> may or may not make a difference, but I hope it would because Jackie Lacey hasn't been doing jack shit. <laughs> yeah. Jackie Lacey got to go. Uh, we're getting even more local. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I it it felt really good to mail off my vote forward letters. Yeah. Last weekend or the weekend before, I forget which one it was. Uh but now I feel empty again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. You I guess it's too late to write more. I guess you it, could you could do phone call, could phone do, banking. I could do phone banking and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Oh boy. Um Adam's I, been doing a lot, bless him. Good for him. He's brave. Um, a, a friend of mine uh told me like he and his wife have been doing a lot of phone banking in North Carolina cuz that's where she's from. And my friend who's like from the Bay Area said that he's like I started using a southern accent and it helped so much. Yeah. Like people were so much nicer to me and they like listened to me and it was just like I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's not funny and creepy. I find that mirroring people is very helpful in convincing them of things. And I think that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Like code switching. I don't and, think and I mirroring. could ever. 
I don't think I can code switch that much because I don't know how to shake my California accent. I used to do it back when I was working in sales and it worked. (laughs) Yeah. What what were you, wait, when were you working in sales? I was selling uh, camera dolly equipment at uh, conventions and I found that even, even matching the volume of people's voices was helpful. Wow. Yeah. And, and that Sales was just is such a weird, it's such a weird industry. It's fucking weird. Uh, yeah, but the things like that help. So, you know, use your manipulative uh, skills for phone banking. <laughs> oh, I should. Whatever, whatever it takes, baby. Yeah. Um, what else did we want to talk about? Oh, we talked about The Vow on the last episode. I quit. I quit watching it. You don't have to watch the rest of it here's the thing stars just started a much better documentary about nexium yeah uh called seduced and you should watch that this is my endorse horse endorse horse endorse letting nature take its course endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse two babies one endorse horse horse Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. Watch Seduced on Stars. You can sign up for a free trial. If you want to do that, you should wait a few weeks so that you can watch it all because the free trial only lasts a week. But uh, it's so much better than The Vow, and it also just really brings to light how much The Vow makes the people who... uh, are in the vow, like it makes it clear how how much they're being let off the hook, yes. and how little they're actually exposing about what they were complicit in and how they profited. And I just the fact that the vow finished without them even talking about the fact that it's an MLM blows yeah. my mind. And Seduce gets into that stuff right away, and it's it's better, and it's made by women. Um, so. I hate the vow. I I hate. I stopped because I hate that guy, Mark, the director. Um, yeah, I think he's such a weirdo, and he is fully like not owning up to all the weird shit he did. And also, he's a cult hopper. This is not his first cult that he was in. What was the? What other cult was he in? Um, it was called like what's it called, Rothman or something. His his previous movie, What the Bleep Do We Know, was like about his previous cult. Like it was oh basically espousing their beliefs, and that cult also had like a really problematic leader who was racist and shit. Um, so he's oh just gosh. he's just like a born propagandist. Um, yeah, he's a goober. I don't like him. Yeah, he's a huge goober. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, do you want to talk about immersive horror? Yes, I do. What is immersive horror? This is a thing I didn't know existed until like a week ago. Um, so you know how there's like haunted houses that people go to in during this season? Well, for some people, those are not, uh, like turned enough and they want like a more immersive experience. It feels more realistic. This is so unrelatable to me. Go on. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's almost like a mix of like a, B- a BDSM experience with like a haunted house. Um, uh-huh. Can I just read this part from a New York Times article about it? Uh, there's one yes, called, please. There's one called Heretic, which is in LA, and they run one or two shows a month. And uh, they have buried people alive. They have flipped guests upside down in immersion devices to witness simulated torture. <gasps> um, they've pushed people off balconies, which they then landed on an airbag hidden below. 
They've tricked attendees into thinking their heads would be ignited in flames. Uh, and the owner said, everybody called the safe word on that one. Um, over oh the, my gosh. This is a quote from the guy who runs it. Over the past 18 months, we've seen audience members march into the ocean in the middle of the night, have their heads locked in a box while music was created from their screams, and get lap dances from naked clowns. I hate this. Um, I hate it so much. And they they work with, like, stuntmen and special effects coordinators to keep the scenes, like, realistic but also safe. Uh, they're They're working on one where guests are trapped inside a car that gets lit on fire. Um, I went to the website, and it's like they have all these different immersive haunting experiences that range in like a scale from like one to 10. I, I might be, there might be a different scale of like how scary they are and how intense. And so heretic is like, it says 90% intense and it's like strong narratives in intelligent themes, unmatched physical situations, sexual tones, brutal aggression. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't, this is insane to me. But like that's uh, yeah, I how long have these been around? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the history of this at all. Um they have so many different experiences. Like there's one called Blackout, which is only 80% intense. Uh it's like it's kind I, of I don't fun. like it. I don't like it. Um, although they say like it can be cathartic for people who like have been traumatized like maybe acting out stuff like this can help them interesting um i wonder i wonder how true that is i know i mean people who are seeking this stuff out like i want i want the science on it because i just feel like there's so many um misconceptions about like exposure therapy and stuff like that and i just don't know what's real yeah i mean i think I think for a lot of people who who seek this stuff out, it can feel like really good. Like it's almost like being on a roller coaster. Like they have that like yeah. endorphin rush, the adrenaline, and, and yeah, yeah, and it feels good to them. Um, and I will say, like, I do think that they're. I understand wanting to go somewhere where you're allowed to scream really loud. <laughs> yeah, that's why I liked baseball games back when we could go to baseball games. I like. I enjoy group screaming. I don't mm-hmm. want to be the only one screaming. Right, yeah. Because I'm being tortured. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very low tolerance for this sort of thing. Uh, I don't even like haunted houses at all. I don't like people jumping out at me. Um, yeah, jump scares are are cheap and not good. God, I'm looking at more. There's one called Faceless Ventures. Um, this one only Ooh. has a 60% intensity rating, but it... Uh, What's it say? Oh, it can include physical endurance, electricity, and forced feeding. Oh, please, God, no. No, no thank you. No thank you to any of this. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting because I would never really knew that existed. Yeah. Um, Happy Halloween. Let us know if you have an experience with one of these, babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. I'd be very curious to hear from someone yeah. who's actually been in on this. Um, yeah. As, as would I. Um, I'm trying to think what else has been going on I with have, me. Uh, what were you going to say? I have an endorse horse. Oh, do it. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. I guess I probably could have done it earlier, but <laughs> all right. That doesn't matter. Endorse horse number two. Um, there's a new podcast I really like. 
and it's kind of spooky and it scratches that same itch I have for like murder podcasts. But this one is about wild animal attacks and it's called Tooth and Claw and it's hosted by Wes Larson and his brother and his friend. And uh, he's at Grizz Kid on Instagram. He's great. He knows a lot about bears and stuff and he's a wildlife (laughs) biologist um, and, uh, it's really good. And it describes in detail, like certain, uh, wild animal attacks and like what went wrong and like why the animal attacked and like how to protect yourself if you're in a similar situation and like why those animals are cool. Uh, and I just think it's so fun. Like they have one about like the tiger attack at the San Francisco zoo and how like tigers need like a 16 and a half foot enclosure to make sure that they don't like jump out and this one only had like a 12 foot wall <sighs> and another another tiger had previously escaped the same enclosure Oh my gosh. Uh, and so this tiger, like some kids, some teenagers were like, you know, bothering her and she jumped out of the enclosure and like killed one of them and attacked the others and Yeah, it's it's I don't know, but it's really interesting. It's a great podcast. So Tooth and Claw, I recommend. Okay. That is an endorse horse. <laughs> um I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> yeah, it, it I will say it gets uh pretty gory. Uh, at certain parts there was part that I was listening to while driving on the freeway and I had to like turn it down because I was like oh my god I'm gonna pass out oh my god (laughs) um should we do chunch chat sure it's time for chunch chat our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony band chunch chunch when the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch and chunch. There's no new chunch news today. That concludes chunch <laughs> chat. We'll be right back with one on fun. One on fun. Welcome to One on Fun. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Here you are. Here we are. This is the time. Uh, Um, Emily. Yeah. Do you you have a favorite scary movie? I don't know if you even like scary movies. I don't. I mean, Get Out is probably the only, like, real scary movie that I, like, love. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That movie is great. Uh, other than that, no, I don't watch scary movies. Good to I know. I don't like them. Yeah. Even with Get um, Out, I had to like look up the jump scares before. Oh, yeah. There yeah. weren't that many jump scares in it. No, there were like two. What? Which ones were, the, were listed? Well, there was one where like, you know, the deer part, like that's. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a jump scare, but kind of not. Yeah. And then what else? I forget. Yeah. Um, Get Out is a great movie that benefits from rewatching, and I just think it's really good. Um, Lisa. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, Would you rather be able to, um, like, lift anything, no matter how heavy it was? Ooh. Or... um, run faster than anyone else in the world wow that's a really difficult one yes i can't believe i came up with a good question <laughs> well i didn't I say mean, it was i, I guess you didn't say it was a good question <laughs> but it is it is a, a difficult would you rather 
It's really difficult because I feel like like being able to run really fast would get me out of scary situations and it would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but being able to lift anything would be like really useful. Like if something fell on somebody and they needed help, I could lift it like like a Superman, mm-hmm. like a superhero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'd be really strong. Uh, gosh. I'm going to say mm, I'm going to say run. Okay. But it, it was a really tough decision and I might regret my answer. Uh, you're not, as, you're definitely not going to regret your answer because there will be no consequences. <laughs> no, as, as we know, these things are real and this will really happen. <laughs> yeah. At the, you know, at some point, uh, Jeannie's going to come to you and be like, well, I have all of your wishes from before and now it's time to grant them all. And then I'll be like, oh, can I at least change my answer? And they'll say, no. <laughs> Everything you've ever said in a one-on-fun during the past <laughs> eight years of podcasting yes first i will remove your boobs no why did i say why was that your question i blame emily <laughs> um i would pick lifting stuff damn oh, damn it i want that one <laughs> i mean like it might be smarter to do the running fast because then you could like rob banks and stuff and just be like the richest person alive Um, and you can think about that and win a bunch of races and stuff and be a professional athlete but i just have been like my back has been really sore from gardening because i can finally garden again but i'm totally out of shape so that's why i'm fantasizing about being able to lift whatever i want oh yeah my back constantly hurts yeah i just started doing some stretches for it and then that made it hurt more I finally started, stre- I've been meaning to start stretching like my whole life basically. And I finally started doing it just because it helps with roller skating. How long do you stretch for? Oh God. I don't know. I just do it like while I'm watching TV or I mean, okay. if if I'm really f- feeling good, I'll like do it for 20 minutes while like watching a YouTube video or something. That's good. I'd say about I, 20 minutes. I am like, so the way that my sort of like ADHD functions is like, I definitely benefit from routine and from, like, systems, but then I'm very, like, phasic with them where, like, I'll do it really hardcore for a while and then I'll sort of gradually, it'll, I'll kind of gradually fall off and then I'll have to start over again. Me too. Um, And I'm just, like, I just accept that about myself and that's how I work. But I'm at the very beginning of a phase right now, which is the best part, where I'm like, oh, I'm committed to this new system and I'm figuring out how to make it work. And I basically had to do that because I was like, I hadn't built in stretching to my last one. So I'm like, okay, I need to build in stretching to this one. And that's why I'm doing it. And so I'm going to try and keep stretching every day, but uh, I hope it helps. I just feel so old, just physically. <laughs> I I can't imagine how much worse I'm going to feel in I know, years. right? Can you even imagine? I can't. I mean, that's <laughs> that's also part of it is like, well, I better start like being more limber now or I'm going to get, cr- I'm already creaky as fuck. So yeah. yeah. Um, oh God. Yeah. I have the same thing where everything is a phase and like, yeah. I'm like, am I just going to stop roller skating entirely like a week from now? Probably. We'll see. It's okay if you <laughs> right do. Right now it's all I can think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get like really, really into stuff and then I gradually lose interest, but uh Do you ever do you hopefully. ever pick it you pick it back up again later? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think I did that with embroidery. Like I went through a phase and then I went through another phase. I did that um, with, with weaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. I think it's okay if you drop stuff and pick it up again 
later. I trying can, to, you have to kind of make space for yourself to get back into things. That's that's a good way to frame it mentally because I'm kind of annoyed with myself when it happens and I get frustrated because I'm like, Ugh, why can't I only pay attention to something for like one and a half, <laughs> one and a half weavings? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Totally. I I get frustrated with myself about it, too, for sure, where I'm like, oh, I have this thing lying around now. Like, I have a stack of stuff I need to sew. Mm -hmm. And when am I going to do that? Who knows? Never, maybe. But (laughs) maybe never. But then as soon as I pick up the needle, then it's like, okay, this is all I'm doing for a while. Yeah. It's nice to be able to hyper focus sometimes. I think it does help with certain things. Yeah. I think I should probably make a plan to, like, get back into sewing and embroidery next summer when I can't be out in the garden. Mm. When it's too hot and the air is too bad. Because that's like, oh, yeah, that's what I should be doing instead of that. That's this the is, meditative. This is great to plan ahead for the next wildfire season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a horrible, horrible thing to have to plan for. I know. Um, oh, please, please, can we get that shit under control as well? Who knows? Um, that concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. We know everything. Baby Geniuses is brought to you by Dipsy. Has your routine changed a bunch lately? <laughs> it would be very odd if it hadn't. Uh, when your routine changes, it can be uh, really easy to forget to check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Do you need a break? Dipsy can help. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and wellness sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Emphasis on touch. Emphasis mine, not not theirs. (laughs) The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever and whatever you're into. They really do have a lot of different categories of stories, and you can probably find stuff that you know you're into, and maybe you'll find some stuff that you're just curious about and want to learn more about and see if that turns you on. The wellness sessions can also help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash geniuses that's 30-day free trial i don't understand why you haven't signed up already if you haven't signed up already that's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsestories.com slash geniuses dipsystories.com slash geniuses and feel good and just feel yourself why not We interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal. And all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. We got this. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Tim Harding. Thank Thank you, you, Tim. Tim. It is the Wikipedia page for Robert Coates, in parentheses, actor. (laughs) Robert Romeo Coates, Romeo's in quotes, 
uh, born in 1772, died 1848, was an English eccentric best remembered for his career as an amateur actor. His self-image included a highly mistaken belief in his own thespian prowess. Born in Antigua in the West Indies and educated in England, he began to appear in plays in Bath in 1809 and became notorious for his fondness for appearing in leading roles. (laughs) Typical. (laughs) Typical. Uh, His favorite part was the male lead in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, hence is his widely used nickname. After professional theatrical producers failed to cast Coates in roles prominent enough to satisfy him, he used his family fortune to subsidize his own productions in which he he was both the producer and the lead actor. Woof. I know some people like this. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Major Flor- Florence Foster Jenkins vibes. Yeah. Coates claimed to be the best actor in Britain. He would appear <laughs> in bizarre costumes of his own design, invent new scenes and dialogue mid-show, and repeat parts of the play he particularly liked, usually dramatic death scenes, up to three or four times a night. His fame... <laughs> That is such a move. Okay. Oh, my God. It's such a flex. Uh, Yeah. I respect it. His fame quickly spread, and people flocked to see whether Coates was really as bad as they had heard. They laughed (laughs) and jeered at him. Coates sometimes turned to the audience and answered in kind. By 1816, audiences... He's like, hey, fuck you, too. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, too. I'm going to fucking... I'm Romeo, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) To be or not to be, bitch. Uh, <laughs> by 1816, audiences had tired of mocking coats, and theater managers were no longer willing to let him use their premises. After some years living in France to avoid creditors, he returned to England, married in 1823, and had two children who both predeceased him. Well, that's a oh. weird way to say. Yeah, predeceased. Um, Coates died in London in 1848, aged about 76, after a handsome cab hit him outside the Theater Royal in Drury Lane. Wow. Wow, poetic. I didn't realize you could die from being hit by a handsome cab just because it's a horse, you know? But I guess it's possible. Oh, yeah. A handsome cab is a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah, it's I a mean, horse-drawn carriage, yeah. So did it, like, stampede him, I guess? Yeah, I wonder. It just, like, ran him over and maybe couldn't see him. It was going uh, fast. Was at night, yeah. He was old. Um, this is also how I learned that handsome cab is not... Named after the word handsome, <laughs> it's named after uh, Joseph Handsome, an architect from New York. I didn't know. Uh, I did not know that. I just assumed that it was like, oh, what a handsome cab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was as well. It was, yeah. Because horses uh, are all handsome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you understand how I jumped to that conclusion. <laughs> I do. All right. Biography. Actor. Robert Coates was born in Antigua in the West Indies, the only surviving child of a wealthy sugar planter, Alexander Coates, and his wife, Dorothy. He was educated in England and on returning to Antigua took part in amateur dramatics. That's just what I call my life. Um, (laughs) When he inherited his father's estate and a large collection of diamonds in 1807, he moved Hello. He moved to Bath, England, where he lived as a man of fashion. (laughs) That's how I describe my life. (laughs) He eventually drew the attention of the manager of the Theatre Royal Bath and had begun to appear in plays in 1809, though not as a professional actor. 
Later, he appeared in Romeo and Juliet, in the part of Romeo, in a costume of his own design. The costume had a flowing sky blue cloak with sequins, red pantaloons, a vest of white muslin, a large cravat, and a plumed opera hat. Hey, there's a <laughs> Halloween idea for you. According to Yet Captain, another one I'd have to super explain. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to super purchase a bunch of weird shit that yeah. ships fast. Um, <laughs> and not to mention dozens of diamonds, which was hardly suitable for the part. The two small garments caused him to move stiffly, and at some point, the seat of his pants split open. Oh, come on. (laughs) The audience roared with laughter. Oh, wow. I love it so much. Okay. (laughs) Despite this ridicule, Coates went on to tour the British Isles. If a theater manager would hesitate to let him show his talents, he would bribe them. Managers, in turn, often called the police in case things went seriously wrong. (laughs) Coates was convinced he was the best actor in business, or at least that is what he claimed. He forgot his lines all the time and invented new scenes and dialogue on the spot. He loved dramatic death scenes and would repeat them, uh, or any other scenes that he happened to take a fancy to three to four times over. Coates claimed that he wanted to improve the classics. (laughs) At the end of his first appearance as Romeo, he came back in with a crowbar and tried to pry open Capulet's tomb. (laughs) (laughs) That's an improvement. In in another of his antics, he made the actress playing Juliet so embarrassed that she clung to a pillar and refused to leave the stage. (laughs) Eventually, no actress would agree to play the part with him. The audience usually answered with angered catcalls and embarrassed jeering and loads of laughter. His fellow actors would try to make him leave the stage. If Coates thought the audience was getting out of hand, he turned to them and answered in kind. His fame spread and people would flock to see whether he really was as bad as they had heard. For some reason, Baron Ferdinand de Jerome became his foremost supporter. Oh, don't encourage him. (laughs) God, Baron Ferdinand, once again, letting me down. Even the Prince Regent, the future King George IV, would go to see him. In 1811, when he played the part of Lothario in The Fair Penitent in London's Haymarket Theatre, the theatre had to turn thousands of would-be spectators away. In another performance in Richmond, Surrey, several audience members had to be treated for excessive laughter. What is the treatment for excessive laughter? Yeah, what? Maybe they laughed so much they barfed and then they needed help. I don't know. They needed to like ice their abs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. God, this must have been like such a, I don't know, what a boring time, you know? Like this, of course, yeah. people were going to go see this. Of course, there's no TV. <laughs> there's no, there was no TikTok. Um, <laughs> Coates went on with his antics. Once, when he dropped a diamond buckle when he was going to exit the stage, he crawled around the stage looking for it. (laughs) During his first performance of Romeo and Juliet, he pulled out his snuff box in the middle of a scene and offered some to the occupants of a box. That's cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then during Romeo's death scene, Coates carefully placed his hat on the ground for a pillow and used his dirty handkerchief to dust the stage before lying on it. Finally, at the invitation of the audience, he acted out Romeo's death twice and was about to attempt a third before his Juliet came back to life and interrupted him. The amusement of the audience was enormous. There is some question as to whether Coates believed he was a great actor as he professed to or if his performances were brilliant parody. That is just incredible. He might have been a a real Borat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
My wife, Juliet. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you were asking me if I'd seen the new Borat yet, and I hadn't. I I watched it last night, and I was very impressed. It's good. It really, it really reminded me of the fact that, like, because the last Borat movie came out so long ago, like, th- our memory of it is so informed by people's impression that yeah. you forget that, like, the joke of the movie is not the character. The character is so secondary to everything else that happens. Yeah. Like, the character is just how you're introduced to everyone that he interviews. And it's not about laughing at that character. It's about, like, what that character exposes mm-hmm. in the people that he interacts with. And the movie really, the new movie really reminded me of that a lot. And there was a, gr- there's, a like such a masterful scene at a crisis pregnancy center. Oh wow! Which I was just like so impressed by and thought was so good. Anyway, um, I think it's worth watching. Um, I want to see it. Yeah, I, I recommend <laughs> it. I don't want to like hype it up too much because I don't want you to be disappointed. But okay, um, it was like a I, I had an edible, watched it, had a great time. Um, <laughs> You know, it's like hit or miss, like everything, but uh, it was, there was enough in it that I was like, how did they do that? Right. It's just, it's just, the the footage that they got is just incredible. Um, and I just, ha- I was left with like 800 questions about how they did it. Um, Ooh, I'm anyway. so curious. Off stage. Outside the stage, Coates tried to amaze the public with his taste in clothing. (laughs) He wore furs even in hot weather. He went out in a custom-built carriage with a heraldic device of a crowing cock and the the motto, While I I live, I'll crow. (laughs) In receptions, he glittered from head to toe with diamond buttons and buckles. His predilection for diamonds of all kinds gave him the nickname Diamond Coats. (laughs) <laughs> wow this man loved diamonds he loved diamonds and he loved being like here i am world why do women get the reputation for loving diamonds men yes. love them even more yeah diamonds are this man's best friend Coates was never a professional actor clearly uh and only made his stage appearances in support of charitable causes oh his own nickname of choice was a celebrated philanthropic amateur <laughs> that makes him seem sort of self-aware uh, yeah, but he's also like, I want you to call me a philanthropist, which is, like, not very philanthropic, but okay. Yeah, yeah. After 1816, his performances ceased, as audiences had tired of laughing at him, and theatrical managers were wary of allowing him to use their premises. Later, he fell into financial difficulties, and to avoid creditors, moved to Boulogne-sur-Mer, oh, where he met Emma Ann Robinson, daughter of a naval lieutenant. After Coates put his finances back into better order, they returned to England and were married on September 6, 1823. The two lived quietly in London, living lastly at his residence in 28 Montague Square. Uh, they had two children, both of whom predeceased him. Emma remarried in the year of Coates' death, her second husband being Mark Boyd. Dang, she didn't waste any time. <laughs> yeah. Um, dang. Dang. Um, 
Robert Coates died in London in 1848 after a street accident. He was caught and crushed between a handsome cab and a private carriage as he was leaving a performance at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. Wow. Okay, that's how it happened. On February 15th and died at home six days later. Yikes, that's really miserable. Yeah, that's not, not fun. At his inquest, the coroner brought in a verdict of manslaughter by person or persons unknown. He was buried in Kensal Green Cemetery. And then the C also, <laughs> William Topaz McGonagall, Florence Foster Jenkins, Ed Wood, and Tommy Wiseau. That's apt, I think. Yes, very good, apt. Good comparisons. Yes. Wow. Um, does that conclude Wiki of the Week? It does. That concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? This could be a short episode. Um, I have some listener mail. Oh, let's read some listener mail. Yeah, before Wait, we talk let's about do that, should we do that before or after? What I, What did I learn? Let's do it after. Okay, uh, Lisa, what did you learn this week? <laughs> um, uh, I learned a handsome cab is not a handsome cab. God it's a damn handsome it! That was going to be mine. I know. I stole it. I stole it from you. You should have gone first. We could share it. We can yeah, share it. Today I learned that Lisa's a snake. And <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> wow. She's ruining my life and <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> wow. What a great last episode. Um I've got let's, some listener mail. Yeah, let's do some listener mail. Okay, one person wrote to us, you know, we discussed Mr. Blobby, and a person wrote, I was so thrilled to hear you guys discussing my all-time favorite idol, Mr. Blobby. I had kind of a crush on him when I was a kid. Anyone that made me laugh, I was immediately attracted to. Okay, I relate to that as <laughs> someone who crushed on Drop Dead Fred. Uh, I think this attachment has prolonged into adulthood, and I've decorated my studio in an appropriate Blobby theme. Uh, her walls are pink with yellow polka dots. They've commissioned their one-eyed grandma to knit a blobby doll. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And collected other blobby tokens. They've produced blobby prints that they sell on Etsy. Uh, I mean, this aesthetic, there's like a part of me that I'm like, should I do this to my office? No, I should not. (laughs) I find it really terrifying and upsetting and also really, (laughs) really impressive. Like they have like a blobby thimble. They have blobby figurines. Like this person is like decked out. Wow. Um, Let me see if I can open their Etsy link. They're they're in the UK. Um, Oh, yeah. Their Etsy name is Happy Rose. So if you want like a blobby print, they sell them. Um, They're really cute. So good for you. That's cool. Creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I also wanted to read this letter from uh, someone weighing in on the Mats versus Five Eight Club. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Is this the other one you wanted to read? It's about the Juicy Lucy, basically. Yes. Um, This letter is from Casey Knowles. Um, Casey writes, I'm from Minneapolis and grew up on the South Side, and I want to give my two cents on the Mats versus 5-8 Club's claim to inventing the burger with molten lava cheese inside the meat. <laughs> While the 5-8 Club is a restaurant that has a full menu and serves a burger with cheese in the middle called the Juicy Lucy, Mats is right in calling it a properly spelled ripoff. The only time I can recall hearing people say they got a Juicy Lucy at 5-8, it was on the Food Network or a clip on YouTube from Bon Appetit. 
Matt's is the kind of place where they serve cans of beer, no cups, food comes in paper-lined baskets, no plates, and they have basically just burgers and fries. It's an unironic dive that hasn't changed in the 30 years since I first ate there, and it's definitely the originator of this burger. I'm like, I want to go to Minneapolis and eat at Matt's. Like, that sounds so good to me. I mean, yeah, I'm not a burger person. Also, I'm a vegetarian, but right, right. it does sound good. I bet um, their fries case- are good. I bet they are. Casey also says, thanks if you read this rant. I love my hometown, and I love that my favorite podcast is talking about my old neighborhood. I feel confident that we will cover any new Juicy Lucy news that we hear of, because I'm yeah. on board now. Via email only. <laughs> That's right. Um, I also think we should um, maybe read that email that we got thanking us for talking about coronavirus. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Um, You want to read it? it? Yeah, I'll read it. Uh, I just want to thank you for continuing to talk about and shame people who aren't taking the (laughs) coronavirus seriously. (laughs) Thank you for thanking us for shaming people. Yeah, I didn't know I was doing that, but okay. We are holding up a mirror. (laughs) We are judgmental bitches, and I guess I knew that, but... um, (laughs) I live in a very small town and people are regularly hanging out in groups inside without masks. What the fuck? Also, friends regularly come through my town because we are on the way to most places from the city and they want to hang out in my house. It is always hard for me to decline hangs and tell people, no, you can't use my bathroom while potentially spreading the virus from city from the city to my rural, uh, rural community with six ICU beds for two counties. I feel like I would be more down to throwing caution to the wind and participate in these social events if it weren't for your regularly regular emphasis on mask wearing and distance outside hangs. Thank you for helping me from succumbing to peer pressure because it's going to be a long, lonely winter in rural Utah. Um, yeah, I social constructs are really hard. It's possibly like the biggest barrier to people being safe because it really is like people are afraid of being rude and they're afraid of uh, just I think a lot of people are basing how they act on how other people act. I have this problem. I I find it very difficult when I'm talking to someone outside and they're not wearing a mask, but I am wearing a mask to say, like, could you please put on a mask because I'm protecting you, but you're not protecting me. And I know it's I know it's harder to get it from someone outside, but it's not impossible. And it just drives me kind of nuts. And I like and I, I don't know how to say that. So instead, I just back away from people and then I feel super standoffish. But like. I mean, I've been having this problem even more recently with kids wanting to come pet my dog while oh, not God. wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do I tell a kid no? Yeah. I'm just like, he really has to go. <laughs> I'm like, he has business elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Regarding my dog. <clears throat> it's hard, especially with like a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to ask like a full ass adult like to to do that. Yeah. Because I, I just... <sighs> I feel like it's like asking someone to like wipe their bottom. It's just like uh, this is o- <laughs> obvious and like I shouldn't have to tell you, you know, to yeah. please protect me from transmission. I think everyone just thinks like, oh, well, I don't have it. I'm smart. Yeah. Everyone thinks they don't have it. And it's like, why do you think it's spreading? It's because everyone is thinking like you and they have it. Yeah, just take a really simple precaution and wear a mask, please. Thank you. Um, there's one more email I want to read. I don't know if there are any others you wanted to get to. No, I'm done. Um, This email is from Lauren, who wanted to say, um, 
My fun piece of trivia is that my cousin's wife in the UK invented, I think, the original non-penis-having pee device called the Shiwi probably <laughs> over 10 years ago. Wow. E- even more fun is that when they got married and their business was just starting off, I noticed that the devices flex when stacked together and jokingly suggested the reception feature a giant pink and white heart made out of the Shiwis strung on wire. <laughs> Unfortunately, they listened to a dumb 14-year-old and went through with it, and I spent the entire <laughs> night dancing under a five-meter tall heart made of pea funnels <laughs> that's great um i love that imagery and i i know in my heart that they didn't use used ones but there's part of me that i'm like man people were just dancing under drip and pee all night that's not fun <laughs> part of me likes to think that as well <laughs> these are great emails thank you for sending them to us thank uh, you for I, sending them i have some butt pics Oh, yeah, baby. It's been a minute. Um, new butts. Uh, someone sent us a butt. They're wearing really cute Calvin Klein underwear. I I like wearing this kind of sporty underwear as well. And they wrote, I sent this butt pic to a boy I liked, and then he ghosted me five days later. Figured you two would appreciate it more. And you're correct. And Becca, he is a fool. He's a fool. You look because, really cute. Yeah. It's a great butt. It's a great butt. Um. <laughs> and a great pic. Like, well-framed, well-posed. Yeah. You did nothing wrong. You've done nothing wrong. I don't know anything else about you. But yeah. You I'm assuming great. you've never done anything else wrong in your entire life. <laughs> How could you with a butt like that? Uh, another butt pic is of a couple and they're both mooning us and they're looking at a TV where an old lady seems to be looking at their junk. I don't remember what show this is. I'm sure there's more context in the email, but <laughs> I forgot. Um, someone else sent a pic of their butt and cut off jorts while they're roller skating. Very nice. <clears throat> Love pandering. <laughs> I know, pandering to me with this roller skating content. A hobby I'm currently obsessed with and will lo- lose interest in soon, I'm sure. Um, uh, here's a pic of my non-binary they, them, butt with Max Fun's favorite sponsor because I listen to way too many podcasts on the network. <laughs> and they're wearing underwear with hearts on it. And I won't say who that sponsor is, but I'm sure you can guess. Uh, And that's it. Because they don't sponsor us. (laughs) If they do, then I'll say it. Yeah. (laughs) You'll go back into this podcast and say it. (laughs) We'll add it later. Pay to play, bitches. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's all the butts for today. Um, If you want to send us more butts or wiki pages or just emails about whatever, uh, babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, you can follow us online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller on all things. I'm at Lisa Draws on Instagram. Thank hey. you to our producer, Rob Para. Yes. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for our music, Nate Heller. Woohoo. And, and goodbye. Geniuses is supported in part by Wishes Tea Company, a queer-owned, dog-loving, tea-drinking, pop-and-pop micro-business. 
Their leaf and leash tea line features teas for humans. Don't give it to dogs. Inspired by dogs and dog breeds. Uh, for example, they have a Chitsu jasmine tea. It's this delicious loose leaf jasmine tea, um, this green tea. I've actually been drinking this every afternoon. I don't drink coffee. It makes me too anxious, too wired. Uh, but I do get sleepy every afternoon. But I have to keep working. I can't take a nap. So I've been drinking this green tea. And it's like really delicious and smooth. And it wakes me up. And it feels so fresh. Uh, uh, without making me all jittery. Um, I really love it. You can even commission a silhouette piece of art based on a dog in your life to put on a label and create a custom tea. That's a great gift for dog lovers. Uh, they sent me a custom blend called Annie's Chai Elixir based on my dog Annie, and it has ginger, cinnamon, clove, and all kinds of natural flavors, and it's really delicious. Uh, and I know they sent Emily a uh, Allen's Oolong <laughs> based on her dog Allen. So you can order one of those, and it comes with a label customized for your dogs. And $1 from each pouch sold goes to to support Old Dogs Haven, a shelter for older dogs in Washington State. So whether you like tea, like dogs, or both, give Wishes Tea a try. Go to wishestea.com and use code GENIUSES for free shipping on any purchase of $60 or more. Enjoy tea, support a small business, and do good in the world all at once. Hi, are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope. I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.